Yeah. Uh, we're trying to do this in one take. <laughs> and as you can see, I got my counterpart here, the younger version of me. And now I have the giggles. So we're going to go ahead and just go straight into the music. Sure. I'll probably have skipped the other plan. We'll just go with this. Let's go straight with this. Take no x-ray to see right through my smile I know I'll be on the go And it ain't no drink out there that can numb my soul Oh no All we wanna do is take the chains off All we wanna do is break the chains off All we wanna do is be free All we wanna do is be free all we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is break the chains off me. All we want to do is break free All we want to do is move Can you tell me why? Every time I step outside, I see my niggas die oh, I'm letting you know That it ain't no gun they make that can kill my soul Take the chains off. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is take the chains off. And that is J. Cole, Be Free. Yes. Do you know what that's, why he wrote that song? Yes, sir. It was because um, he put it on SoundCloud when uh, Michael Brown's trial mm. was going on. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, you know your history. Yes, sir. I got to. Okay. I got to. Come from the best. Come from the best. <laughs> we'll see. But you know how the best got to get it going. We're going to stay in North Carolina. We're going to stay with J. Cole. Let's go. I told myself the last time I'll be my last. I don't trust my own niggas. Now my mind racing fast. Got my foot up on the gas. Got a hundred on the dash. If the police run up on me, I ain't stopping for the ass. Boy, you know my L's dirty. If they stop me, I'm going to jail. Shelly, I'll be next to my brother in the cell. No bail for me, man. Let me out. Send me back the bitches that smell pretty. All I gotta do is call once and she there. I ready. Yeah, buddy. Can't you tell I'm going through hell? I don't even open my mail. I'm in a shaft with a soap and a towel. I need Bad bitches all on the prowl, they need pinches Pussy niggas running they mouth and we ain't flinching The names ain't even mentioned I got trains bigger than your whole team You niggas so broke that somehow you so green I guess it's if we started with a penny Now I'm getting plenty money Ain't <laughs> one time for the city One time for my city <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio Two times for you And two times for me, yeah hey. Right, yeah, all right. Let's we must run. Vibes, right, man. Yeah, we got to make sure we get everything going right. But as always, I need to start this podcast off right. Testing, testing, one, four, three. Testing, testing, one to the four to the three. It is all 
love baby welcome to the kids corner podcast and i am your host ken and i'm so thankful that you are here you could have been doing anything else but you chose to spend today with me so as always i thank you i thank you i thank you so these are the things that i continually need you to do the numbers are looking good i know i took a step back from doing it every week had to just make sure I get my mind right, make sure I had the content right, make sure I had everything going correctly. But as always, you are here with me. I don't have a fan club. I have a trust club. So as always, please, when you see the notification, first find Ken's Corner Podcast. You can find me on all streaming platforms. And when you do, I need you to subscribe because when you subscribe, the icon will let you know when I post or you can go ahead and download and stream that day. Please make sure that you stream, 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 stream. And then when we post, we post. Um, you can find me on all social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ken's Corner. And when you see that, share. And then you can also interact with me on those platforms and on my website, which is www.kenscorner.co. That's www.kenscorner.c to the O. Now. I have a very special guest in here with me today. This man needs an introduction. He does. He's <laughs> a person that don't need an introduction. He's like, I don't know who the heck this is. <laughs> right. So this man right here is is it's an honor to say that this is a man um, sitting in front of me. I've known this man all his life. This man is a direct byproduct of me. Mm. Yes. <laughs> A direct byproduct to me <laughs> is none other than my firstborn son, Joshua. I'm not going to give you full government because you never know who's looking right, for you. Exactly. Because there's exactly. people looking for me. Mm-hmm. So I try not to <laughs> give my full government. And so, yeah. But yeah, man, this, I'm here with my son, Josh, and it's just an honor, man. So, uh, hey, tell the people about yourself. How you doing, guys? It's, it's great to be here. I've always um, just been so proud of Dad for... When he just when he first brought the idea up, I kind of remember when he kind of told us that he wanted to start a podcast, and I was um, very supportive of him from the get go because Dad just got it like that. He he cool like that. But um, I do got it like that. Yeah. <laughs> but man, um, life is well. Life is beautiful. I'm very grateful for where I am right now. All the opportunities that God has blessed me with. I'm super duper thankful for it. And um, yeah, like I'm saying, just I'm happy to be here, man. Okay, so what we're going to do, this this podcast is, is special for me because, yeah, just special because it's, it's a, I'm a dad. And the story that I've told you many a times, but it's just, you know, me and your mom, you know, we, um, Josh is from a, my first relationship. So he was my firstborn. And I didn't understand what the concept of love was until you were born. So I was in you know, the hospital room, and yeah, I didn't pass out, I didn't, you know, I wasn't that typical, now when they came out with the needle to put, yeah, that part, because I don't like needles, but I, that part, I got a little woozy, but other than that, when you first came out, I just could not stop crying, and it was just, my heart was filled with love, um, so in this podcast, we're going to talk about some very sensitive uh, subjects, please note that everything that I discussed was my feelings then, it's not my feelings now because people have evolved, people have grown. So I first and um, first and foremost want to say I love your mom. She is a beautiful person, 
a wonderful person. Um, we have evolved and we have a, a great relationship uh, now. And so I want to make sure I start that off. Now I support her. I honor her. I never referred to your mom as a baby mama. Never did. Even in the height of some of my frustrations because that to me um, was disrespectful. She is a mother and she is your mother. And so I just want to start off. So again, anything that I talk about was my feelings in that moment. And so me and her have talked. We're good. We're okay. So the first thing I want to ask you, uh, what are your some of your earliest memories this period about us? What's some of your earliest memories? Um, I, I Every time either like that question comes up or something similar, I instantly go back to, I believe it was Hunter Hall at Central State University. And I just remember being super duper little and I was in the, because I don't know if it was your office or your dorm room, but either way it was, I just remember just eating Cheerios and watching Ants. That's the like the, like the two distinct things I can remember just like vividly when I instantly go back. Um, and I just remember like even even now as I'm kind of just reminiscing now, like we was just two peas in a pod. I just remember every time I got to see dad, it was so like it was just wonderful because it was so many things that as I got older, I just kind of looked forward to when if it was like um, just like us hanging out, if it was just like us meeting on Central State, doing like basketball camera or whatever the case may be. It was just nice because I got to see dad. It was just a change in the scenery. Not to say that being with mom was anything like born or anything, but it was just like always cool. It's like, yes, I'm with dad now. Summertime, I get to hang out with dad. It's going to be a good time. So I just always, and there's so many memories like I can just go back and instantly talk about, but yeah. Okay, so for our, for our audience again, um, um, his mother and I didn't uh, finish out our relationship together. And so there were some tumultuous times. Um, our breakup was not pretty. Um, it was some tumultuous times as I indicated before. Um, but one of the things that my goal was is that I was gonna be consistent in your life, no matter what come heaven or high you know come heaven or hell i was gonna be there and that became because my father wasn't consistent in my life and so i wanted to make sure that even though we were in two separate cities two separate states you know i was gonna be there and so part of that was so that even though you were in the normal i hate and i'm gonna use an air courts normal situation with mom and dad in the same house mm -hmm. that you understood that in both places there were love mm -hmm. and again your mom provided that great safe nurturing atmosphere and i just wanted to make sure it was the same so when he's saying that he was a i was a hall coordinator so i worked on campus so he literally was raised on campus mm -hmm. and so that was great and we, I, I had a village there to help with that support now, what were some of the earlier drawbacks or some of the frustrating times when you were a younger kid when it came to going back and forth? I think it was um, when I start to get older, as with anybody, you form your own opinions. You start to really know the world for yourself. And when, when it comes to that, you notice a lot of differences with a lot of people, good or bad. It's, it's just differences at the end of the day. And so I think one of the things that I think one of the biggest things 
was, and this is no knock on um, anything that I was or anybody that I was um, around or interacted with back in Detroit, because that's where I would go to and from. I would go to Ohio to see my dad and then I would go back to um, home in Detroit where I was living at, at the time. And so a lot of the differences was was just truly finding out who um, had the best intentions for me and my family. And so when it comes to that, you know, and just to be blunt, there was just a lot of people and I'm not going to name any names or anything like that. But there were people back in Detroit and things that I'd start to discover because my dad had always set the example of what unconditional love. And at the end of the day, I'm going to love you regardless of what you might do. And so seeing that and seeing how comforting that was when I would go back into the environment that was Detroit and the people that I knew in Detroit, it just caused discomfort because I'm like, I know this is what it's not supposed to look like. They say that they love me. They say that they do this. But dad from the jump told me that love is continuous. Love is an action. You got to put in effort when it comes to love. And I just didn't see that a lot when it came to people that I knew in Detroit. So I think that was like one of the biggest kind of like mm-hmm. frustrations and differences that I would see sort of in growing up. But it, it taught me a lot at the end of the day moving forward. Okay. What were some of the drawbacks um, staying with me? Like what were some of uh, when you came? Um, again, we're, we're in the early years. We're going to evolve and trans, you know, continue on throughout. But what were some of the things that, were frustrating when you came to Ohio when mm-hmm. you came with me? A lot of, um, <laughs> I keep going back to it, it's just you were you were passionate about a lot of things in me. And at the time, I just didn't see it as passion. I saw it as dad is constantly frustrated at me. I saw it as dad is just constantly nitpicking at all the wrong things that I'm doing and he's not seeing any good like I did this dad I did this but it's always this one little thing you keep going at you keep neck back and it's like dang that all right cool so I think um just going back to that's kind of like one of the biggest frustrations I, th- I think back to to when we were talking about earlier just you know basketball camp and doing football and things like that I'm like okay I like sports but I don't, I don't <laughs> like it like that to where <laughs> <laughs> you yell at him, so I'm like, no, I don't know about this one. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about being a parent, uh, and we're going to trans uh, go toward our teenage, like middle school and teenage years, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I'm, is going to be a consistent thing throughout this particular discussion is that as a parent, as a father, I'm learning on the job because I didn't have uh a consistent role model where I could look at and say, okay, I'm going to be just like him. Um, my grandfather on my mom's side passed when I was either 10, between 10 and 13. And then my other grandfather on my dad's side, we had a you know really good relationship too. I had great relationships with them. But it was nothing like having that consistent person in the house. Um, my mother had a boyfriend and he was cool, but mm-hmm. I just, he wasn't my father. Mm-hmm. So, at an early age, it was just so much I was going to listen to him, mm-hmm. and he and he and, and 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 looking back, he had great intentions. Don't get me wrong, but I, that ain't my dad, so yeah. I'm not listening to whatever the f you talking about, <laughs> like for real, for real. And so I was angry a lot, and I had a very bad attitude and everything. So I learned this on the job. So everything with you, it was okay. This is what I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, there were a lot of mistakes that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we go now, so we'll fast forward again. Me and his mom 
you know, we had some trials and tribulations. And then during those trials and tribulations, I can, you know, and, and these are things I've already talked to you, Marvin, mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, and we've talked about it too, mm-hmm. but I, uh, some of the decisions that I made was out of fear and frustration toward her. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say, so this, you know, this is a little jewel for those who may be going through a situation where you and your um, child's mother or the other parent, you're co-parenting, make decisions that's best for the child, not out of your emotions toward the other person. Because I can admit there were some ideas that your mom had that was just really better ideas. But at that particular point in time, she was my enemy, mm-hmm. you know? And so therefore, it would be a thing of like, no, I'm gonna do it this way because if I don't, then my son ain't gonna love me. And that was mm-hmm. always my thought process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe somebody speaking, if I'm not here at a particular time, then somebody gonna say something there. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to be a bad person in your eyes. I didn't wanna be perfect. I knew I could be perfect. Mm-hmm. But I never want you to be like, well, my dad wasn't here. My dad didn't do this. But there were probably some times that I could have been more collaborative in on my end. I'm only going to speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I could have been a little bit more collaborative because it probably would have been an easier transition um, on certain things. But I would rather have killed myself getting to Detroit to see you mm-hmm. than maybe taking some other steps. And did you ever feel that type of tension toward me? I'm not going to speak toward me. Did you ever feel like maybe I was too tense or anything like that when it came to that? Um, just a little bit. I think it was, I think mostly when I think back to kind of how you and mom just dynamic was when it came to just parenting me was, I think it was a lot of monkey in the middle to be blunt and honest and I think we've talked about this on numerous of times of how I just kind of felt like the middleman in a lot of growing up because my dad felt a certain way he had his feelings they were valid and my mom felt a certain way and she had feelings and they were valid but when you are kind of growing up and kind of how I said before you don't really know the world you're still kind of forming it and things you're just a sponge like we we all are sponges that they were constantly absorbing information and things and so me, I'm just seeing and everything and I'm just absorbing it and I don't really know how to navigate towards those feelings. It's just kind of like I would either get numb to it and just be kind of laid back and not in tune with anything at all. Or I would, you know, ask myself questions of, well, is mom really like that? Is dad really like that? And then when you have people on just both sides of the family, so both sides of my mom family, people that she knows and both sides of my dad's family, people that he knows when they have opinions and things and I hear them too at the end of the day, it's just kind of hard to navigate through it when you're still kind of coming up. So I think that was, that was like probably one of the biggest challenges, definitely. And those are the type of thing as far as those traumas that we have adults, we put on our kids, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, you know, for that, I've already, you know, apologized and there's nothing I can do to make that right, I guess, well, you know what I'm saying, go back and redo that. The only thing I can continue to do is have those critical conversations that we do have. Uh, so we're fast forward. I mean, there was a time where we had to do a common drop off space halfway from Detroit where she lived in, in in Ohio where I lived. And those times, there were many times just traveling that road, I would just start crying, you know, and after I would drop you off, I would come back, probably cry every time. And it was just 
for me it was just how did we get here you know that was just my thing like how do we get here to the point where this had to happen this way and like you said you had nothing to do about it and i know for a fact that i don't believe i said anything negative in your presence about your mom but you can tell energies when we got together it was little to no talking you know taking your suitcase out <laughs> it's just like you know it was here take the suitcase and you know we'll say hey, hey and then it was just gone and that wasn't a good environment to put you in you know that wasn't a that wasn't something so from my end i i apologize for that trauma so we fast forward and i've always wanted you to stay with me so it was that was never it but it was one of those times i was talking with your mom and i'm just like look you going into high school he needs his dad to be and your mom went to transition from detroit to down south tell me about that particular moment the initial conversation how that felt Mm -hmm. it was like overwhelming like for sure when you are because i was 13 at the time when you're 13 um it's funny i I forget who says i don't know if it's from a movie or something but they said when you're a teenager every problem feels like it's the end of the world. So when that when that initial proposal came from my mom, it felt like super overwhelming because everything pretty much when it came to anything solidified, like my friends, family, it was all Detroit. Not to say that I'd never viewed dad and my brothers or my stepmom as family, but it was just all I was around. Like it was just the same building. It was the same people every single day of the week. So when you kind of have to start to think about moving into another um, state in a new environment, that's just, that's very, very, very overwhelming. And plus um, I didn't know until pretty much now that I would, cause I always think there's a um, trying to figure out how to say it. There was just positions and things in my life that I will start to have to learn. So when I say that it was to be a, older brother consistently it would be it would it would be a firstborn son consistently because on my mom's side I'm just the only child I'm just Josh and things like that so now it's it's, an, it's a lot of roles and responsibilities that I have to take and things like that and so it was just like I said it was just very very overwhelming it was hard to fathom it was yeah it was a lot mm. I need to rewind I yes need sir. To rewind. I need to rewind I'm sorry because I did it's a very particular piece mm-hmm. so right after your mom and I stopped our relationship. I entered into another relationship seamlessly, like immediately. So, you know, the person that you know as, as, as Ma G has been a part of your life since you were, you know, since you were born. However, I do know it was a difference. So talk to me and, and again, be very transparent. What was that feeling like? I, I want to start by saying I love my G. I love her to death. I will fight tooth and nail. I don't care where I'm at. Like, I love me some my G. And my G has always done such a beautiful job of, she she's told me from, she's like, I know I'm not your mom. I know I'm not this specific role in your life. Yet, I will still give you that motherly love that you, you deserve. It isn't the thing of like, well, you're my stepson, so you you know you're not you're not anything to me it was never ever like that she never made me feel like that if anything she was in my ass like <laughs> just like how, how my mom would be for sure 
because my G, she saw the same passion within me like my dad, th- like my dad did, and her responsibilities were is just as mutual as what my dad. And so the love that they gave me, both equally, made me always feel like home and loved here. And so I don't think I ever, ever, ever had to feel any sort of discomfort with my mom, like my actual moms in our relationship and. Um, my G, me and my G's relationship because it was always a thing of I can find comfort in both places. But as a son, did mm-hmm. you ever think, well, how come my mom and dad not together, but my dad is with her? Did that ever come up in your feelings? Um, it it did, it it definitely did, and I think it was it was more so because when I would go to in Detroit, I go to parties and I go to over my friend's house and their mom and dads are there and they have both of their family. Like it, it would, it would make me feel away. Of course it made me sad. I understand, you know, from what I could at that time of whatever age I was kind of growing up, I definitely understood where I come from. But, um, I don't think I had any, honestly, I don't think I had any sort of resentment because I think I loved you so much and I saw how you two were together. And so it's like, well, they, they actually love each other. So it isn't a thing. I think if the roles were different in my G kind of just wasn't like with you or like present with you. And anytime I was here and she would have some animosity towards you, then I would be like, all right, well, he don't need to be with that good woman at all. So, so I think it was just the love that both of you shared definitely gave me comfort of a thing of like. Okay, me, my dad and my mom aren't together. They're probably never, ever going to be together ever again. But my dad is still loved at the end of the day. And so I didn't really, looking back on it, like, I think those feelings, I didn't really start to, like, develop and figure out till I got, like, much, much older. But So so what about sharing sharing space and spirit? Now, when you were little, mm-hmm. you were hella excited as each one of your brothers were born mm-hmm. so you as, as but as you got older was there ever any did you ever feel away like man they get to be with dad and i don't for a period like did was there ever that type of feeling uh yes sir yes sir um i know it's not my fault like i know like mm-hmm. the situation that i'm in is never ever my fault but like i love my brothers i love each and every one of them and i want all of us to have equal opportunities and have different things and I love dad just as much as they all do so I think it was the thing of like well dang they I only get to spend the summer with dad but they they get to live with them like mm-hmm. and you know so I think yeah okay I had those feelings and, and that's normal and yes, I think sir. that and as you know again telling the audience when his mother and I were going so I had we alternated holidays um and he was with me every summer I was going up to Detroit um, couple times a month, he was so it was it was consistent as it could be in the moment that it could be. So again, we fast forward. Now you're living here, culture shock mm-hmm. because now it's just like okay. <laughs> and it was the funniest thing because the 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 sad part of the cycle was you would come in the summer. It was to you know what I'm saying give you a chance to get acclimated, and then once everybody kind of then it was like it was time to go. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, you come in, it's the same feeling, but like, wait a minute, I'm not going nowhere. Right. So what was the <laughs> what was the what was that culture shock like when when it was like, okay, yeah, I'm in the thick of it now. It was it's like you know, Josh, you got chores to do around the house, you got all these things that you gotta do, you gotta go to school. It was like, 
whoa, okay, like I'm really in this. It's, it's Christmas, my first year here, and I'm like, I'm not used to this at all, and things like that. So yeah, it was for sure a culture shock. And I mean, as much as I, I mean, I am a city kid, you know, being in Detroit, being in the city, and things like that. So where we are right now, it's definitely, and I know Dad can attest to it too. Waiting to get up out of here too. Yeah, man, it's just a bunch of cornfields and just open land out here. So, yeah, that was even a culture shock as well. So now that you're a man, you're a man, um, and and this part where it gets, I get emotional thinking about it is just the fact that now we navigate as men. And for me, and this is so this is exclusive. This is exclusive. Everybody, the whole world is going to hear this at the same time. When when you're releasing your child into the world, as a parent, I think for I look at it and the other parents that I know that have done this, it's not so much that we may not trust you, but I don't know if we trust ourselves if we've given you enough information and examples to really navigate. And so when you decide and you make decisions that we don't agree with, it becomes a thing of, you know, we go back. And so the the last situation, you know, my son has traveled. He's an actor. Um, he, he had a podcast. I mean, I did a podcast I dedicated to him. I, I put the picture on there when you had your shirt off and you was looking <laughs> Uh, so go back and check out that episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it was just one of those things. And so in this recent situation, I'm I'm admitting that the decision that you came to, I'm happy you came to the decision, but mm-hmm. I don't like how you felt in making that decision. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I had a major role to do with that. And I... And you can ask my G, like I cried because I didn't feel like, I hate to say it, but I felt like I still lost because I always wanted you to make decisions for you. Mm-hmm. But in this particular situation, I don't think you, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. I think I put you in a situation where you felt like I wasn't supporting you. And that hurt. Nothing that you, but it hurt mm-hmm. because I, your mama asked me, you know, your mama mm-hmm. asked me, you know, well, because I didn't agree with the situation. None of us agree with the situation mm-hmm. that you did. But your mom said, she asked me, I was like, well, I just don't support his decision. And then your mom asked me, well, what does that look like? And I couldn't answer your mom. Mm-hmm. I could not answer her what that looked like. Because for me, I never want to be where, well, if you make this decision, I'm never speaking to you again. Or if you make this decision, I'm only going to speak halfway. And I felt like inadvertently I did that. And that hurt me. And so now as a man, it's like, okay, I'm I'm happy he made the decision, but at the same time, I'm mad because, yeah, I I mean, because I don't want to go into detail with it. But in that particular situation as a man, how did you feel our interaction was? It's it's hard because it's also kind of fresh coming out of it. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of one of the biggest like decisions and situations I think I've ever been in in my life and as a man still growing and still trying to find out 
what was that decision? What would be best for me talking to myself saying, okay, well, mom, dad, my GSI, what do, what do I want out of this? And kind of having to come to you with those thoughts and being confident and telling you, and because people disagree, we all have, we're all our own people. So we all have disagreements, but I think hearing all three of you guys and just, and just cause it's us we're talking with us, it it just was a thing of I was I just was sad I was hurt because I, I looking back on it I will say I did come from like an honest heart I did come from a genuine heart of like no dad this is like seriously what I do I I thought about it I really took the time to think about all the things a lot of the responses I knew you were going to say so I definitely put in the time like looking back I definitely could have did a lot of things better just like we all can do in life but. But yeah, it it was it it was just uh, a kind of a hurtful situation. Yeah, and and that's the thing we and then the common thing is I'm still learning on the like on the job, mm-hmm. and now the learning aspect is when I say letting go, the learning aspect is that as a father, I still see you as a as a baby, but I understand that you're a man, mm-hmm. and you're still developing, you're still evolving from a parent standpoint. I linked to myself and saying, well, maybe I didn't give him enough information mm-hmm. because had I given him enough information, he would have made this decision. Mm-hmm. And if I gave him more examples, he would have made this decision. Mm-hmm. But then I had to look back at myself and I'm like, no, he, no, it was just at the end of the day, I was more upset at the presentation. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was more the presentation, although I didn't like the decision, mm-hmm. The presentation of the decision sent me to a, a newfound frustration that I had never felt before. Mm-hmm. And I was bothered by that. Not so much what you did, but I was so bothered by the way I was processing it. Mm-hmm. Because I ain't gonna lie, I started to revert back to the enemy. And that was how I was feeling when. I was with your mom. Like, mm-hmm. that's the enemy. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, it's it's me or you. And that's just not a good place to come from when making decisions and really more so support. Mm-hmm. So, I, and we'll talk more off air, mm-hmm. but this is exclusive. It's hot off the press. <laughs> but I just want to publicly to the world apologize. I mean, that... I, you know the things I say. I still, I still stand by the things I said. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it could have came from a better place. Mm-hmm. It could have came from a better place where you could have understood it and better in the area of support as opposed to opposition. Mm-hmm. And again, I use the word traumas because those type of things happen. And so I want to be able for you. Because you are a free thinker. You're, you, again, you're a chip off the old block. I have four different versions of me in my life. And it's just looking at each one of y'all and wanting to be that person I needed at 21 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed, I want to be that person for you. So moving forward, what are some of the things that you currently are looking forward to do because we want to wrap up our time a little bit. What are some of the things that your goals, aspirations, tell the people some of the things that you have done and what you want to do? Yes. Um, I have been just big. This year has been a lot of things in perspective and it's just, 
it's really just been showing me kind of what do I want to really, what sort of an impact do I want to put on the world? How can I really put my foot on the ground and say, like, I did this. This is something that I'm in ultimately blaze a trail for the people coming, you know, after me. And things so I just want to create as much as possible. And when it comes to that, I am an actor. I'm a professional actor. I've been acting professionally for about five years now. That's that's kind of insane to say, but very five years. <laughs> He's ready for his pension. <laughs> right, exactly. Gonna get you and get you a sad card. You know what I'm saying? Something, Something like that, that, man. Definitely. Um so in 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 film, in television, and on well, stage. Well tell the people mm-hmm. or you'll tell the people mm-hmm. some of the things you've done. So that yes, way Yes, sir. So um a lot of a lot of things that I've done primarily, honestly, has been on stage. So in high school I've done a lot of high school productions. Um, I've started, um, acting professionally. I, my first gig was in Atlanta and in Atlanta did hairspray. That was probably one of my favorite shows I've ever done. I could do that show again, like maybe 30 times. Um, and then these past two years, um, I've been at a theater in Utah and done, what was it? One, two, three, I've done four shows in two years which is, you might not think that's that's not a lot, but a lot of people at that theater can't well, say that. Well, you, yeah. you, you, okay, you gotta learn, so the one thing you gotta learn, you gotta mm-hmm. learn the good room. Well, ooh, I just said my full, good, full government. <laughs> Allegedly, that's my last name. Allegedly. But you gotta learn how to talk your stuff. So let's, let's he, he's, he's a little modest. When he went to Utah, ladies and gentlemen, he had, he was a co-star in one, in both. So, mm-hmm. so basically, he's a star, mm-hmm. headliner in both. And these are two separate plays, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Two, so one was a western, and the other one was a Little Mermaid. Yes, sir. This and you were Eric. Oh, yes, sir. And so, imagine he has to learn two different starting roles, two different song dance routines, and everything. So he's the he's the total package. All right. So Tyler Perry, <laughs> you know, we need you, man. We need you. We need you. We need you. You know, anybody else out there, Tip, Diddy, who else out there making Joe Button? Like, we yeah, just need to yeah. get you on somebody. <laughs> we need to get you out there. Oprah, you know, we we, we, we need you out there. But he, he's being modest. And I'm not just saying that because he's my son. He is the best thing to come through that high school and acting. Um, he went to one university as a freshman. Killed to play Detroit, uh, 67. Detroit yes, 67, killed it, starring role in that as a freshman. You know, it, it's just one of those things where, as a dad, I just sit back in awe of of the. I'm just so proud of you. I just sit back in awe, and you know, and you know me, I'm honest. If you couldn't sing and dance, I'd be like, well, you know, why don't you try flickering them lights or something? <laughs> Why don't you pull that curtain back? <laughs> right. Why don't you work that curtain? And daddy'd be proud of you working the curtain. But nah, you a star. Um another thing and I I kinda I gotta kinda rewind a little bit. You challenged me as a dad. You challenged me in a good way. Because again, I'm a s i am have a sports background. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can sing and hold a note, but that I was in a choir. Yes, I was in a choir, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I understand that and that was great. But I have a sports background. And so because you, again, you were good at sports too, but this, your passion was acting. Mm-hmm. And I never forget, you asked me, and I love to tell the story, you asked me like, well, dad, are you proud of me? 
because even if I don't play sports, I'm like, yeah, you know, you, but then I had to think because I can understand as a child looking at what my dad is in the sports and my other brothers are in the, you know, in the sports and he's, but I don't know how to read. I mean, I mean, I know, I know how to read. I'm, that, that's not just okay. I know how to read, but <laughs> I don't know what the reading lines or all that other stuff. The techniques. The and techniques. Mm-hmm. And so that, and then as you grew older, you know, your fashion sense is not, you know, <laughs> me and your fashion sense ain't the same. You know, I, I had to learn. I remember one time you like, Dad, do I like this? I was like, hey, man, that's, that's all you know. <laughs> Just imagine. <laughs> that's all you do. Can't do that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, those are the type of things I, I love, man. So I always, I always like in these type of situations for people to give some jewels. So I'll start off and then I'll end with you. So mm-hmm. one of the things I want to encourage fathers, fathers, it is so important of our roles in our children's life. We are we set the standard of what manhood looks like to our sons and to our daughters. And we're, we not, we're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect. But the only thing our children ask is us to be consistent and to be there because they didn't ask to be here. They didn't ask to be here. And so I just want to encourage fathers, even if you and the you know mother are not getting along, y'all have to be, somebody has to be mature. Mm-hmm in that situation because it's about the child it ain't about Mm y'all make decisions about the child not it's hard to separate the the feelings that you have for that person realize that you created that person in love me and your mom created you out of love so it wasn't no one night stand or nothing like that Uh, we were in a relationship Um, so therefore make sure you remember that in all of those things so fathers 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 please be there for your children because they need you so that's my jewel so what is something that you would want to say from a son standpoint mm-hmm. go ahead drop some jewels yes sir uh this it, it literally this kind of um this jewel kind of popped in my head last night i kind of was staying up and was thinking about it but the importance of grace the importance of grace is so essential as you continue to grow. And I know every situation is different when it comes to um, fathers and sons relationship. And I understand that there are situations that are definitely different. But if I speak to as I speak to my own sort of relationship with my dad and in me right now in this year there's so many things that i have reminisced on because i i think i have a great sense of memory and especially when it comes to my dad but there's a lot of things that i just sort of thought about and was like dad really came from a good place in that specific moment dad never had any ill will at all with anything in our lives and as I continue to grow with him, there's just a lot of things that I'm learning, still learning about him. And I just give him grace for it. And because I know he's always done the same for me. And as we just mature as sons, as we continue to grow as men, we always just want to make sure that we give each other grace. Because at the end of the day, we're both not perfect. As we go through this thing called life, we're all going to stumble. We're all going to make mistakes. And I think by holding in resentment for certain things, it only hinders that growth for grace at all. And it just makes things a lot of 
a lot a, a lot things harder to get through as you get older and things so yeah just the importance of grace just continue to love on one another continue to dad i love you so much i'm very super thankful for everything that you've done and continue to do in my life to see y'all podcast y'all just get the jewels you know every certain episodes i get to have it every day so that's just something that take that take that. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but thank you so much dad and thank you for having me on as well and, and i thank you i think mm-hmm. and i you know i have four wonderful sons and they're not knuckleheads mm-hmm. they never gave me a minute grief i didn't have to worry about them doing dumb shit you know what i'm saying i ain't have to worry about them this out there but they make mistakes like everybody else mm-hmm. you know i i didn't really get a ch- I, I liked the direction it went um the song that you picked was very you know apropos in this moment in time yes i fear and very concerned every time you step out that door mm-hmm. every time your brother step out that door it's just okay i gotta make sure my boys come back home to mm-hmm. me and so maybe in a future podcast we can concentrate on that um but this particular thing it's just was the fact that i just just i'm honored you you've made me nothing but proud you all of you all but you specifically because you were my firstborn it was hard you know again you got all you know we we sit around the table ladies and gentlemen they get to talking and who spoiled? Who didn't get this? And who didn't get that? <laughs> and the only thing I can say, like, hey, yeah, you was the first, man. You was the experiment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Guinea pig. <laughs> the, yes, the baby's gonna have it a lot easier because you know what I'm saying I, I experimented with you, but again, it was a, it, it was great. Um, so, is there anything else? Anybody you want to shout out? Anything like that? Uh, man, shout out to just my family. Shout out to everybody that is. Shout out your mom. Sure yeah, definitely. That. Shout out to my mom. She is the hardest working woman on the planet. She is super persistent in everything that I have and continue to grow. I'm just I'm so thankful to be with her as well, and I'm thankful that she's in my life. Um, yeah, and shout out to Detroit. I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> yeah, you spent a lot of time with Detroit. Shout out to the D, man. man. Shout out to the D. Man. For real, for real, for real. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to your mom, too, man. Thank you so much for providing a great environment for our son. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for all the things that you've done for him. You are a wonderful mother. I'm always going to say that. And shout out to all your family. Shout out to the D. I'm gonna be up there soon one day, baby. Gotta, yeah. gotta, gotta go ahead and get me some Coney Island, some chicken wings, <laughs> Coney Island. Exactly, man. You know what I'm saying? Even though I made fun of the Detroit a lot, but that's it. Might as well be like my third home because I'm always up there. So, <laughs> shout out to the D. Everybody wow. out there. So, with that being said, thank you so much. Thank you, Josh. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for listening. Again, you can always interact with me on all my social media. Was it Ken's Corner at Twitter? Facebook and Instagram and you can also interact with me on my website which is www.kenscorner.co that's www.kenscorner.co and as always I would like to say I love I trust and I respect you because it's Ken Ken's Corner Podcast peace out and be safe we out